just a loving warning, I will be sharing a bit of a bigger trauma that has occurred in my life, something that is essentially a near-death experience and is related to a car crash. And so I want to give a loving warning here that if there is any potential trigger or you are driving and listening to this episode, just a reminder that you have autonomy over whether you continue listening to this episode now or if it is something you save for a later date. And so with so much love, just inviting you to tune into your heart and kind of connect with if you have the space to listen to this very in-depth conversation around an experience that I have moved through years ago. Being faced with death, where my soul would leave this vessel and probably choose another one because this, this spirit within me has a lot of shit she wants to get done. A lot of things it wants to get done in this, <laughs> on this earthly realm. But the work that's meant to happen next for me can only be done through this body. There was a point in time somewhere up in the ethers when your soul decided to incarnate into the human body you are currently soaking in this episode through. Each of us here on a unique mission with the same goal in mind to experience a life here on earth to its maximum potential. When your soul synthesizes into this journey of being human, patterns get to be broken, purpose gets to be activated, and your power gets to be harnessed. This podcast is for anyone who is emerging, which by definition means to become known. Here, we will discuss the many layers and paths of getting to know who you are at the core by seeking truth, embodying your higher self, and working with many modalities that will support you on your spiritual journey. My name is Kayla Bruton, your host, an old soul, a visionary, a bridge between many worlds, a mentor, and a creatrix. Welcome to the Soul Synthesis Podcast. My intention for this podcast is to walk alongside you as you emerge into all you are destined to become in this lifetime, cultivating conversations that will speak directly to your soul. So take a deep breath and allow your soul to synthesize with the transmissions of today's episode. Today's conversation is something that I knew I would share one day on this show. It's something that... I moved through back in 2017 that has completely changed my life. Up until a week ago, I had still been seeking answers around why this happened. Why did this happen for me? What am I supposed to learn from it? And how do I move forward from it? I've sat in many plant medicine ceremonies and have uncovered many of layers related to this experience. And every time I was met with a different version of myself that was ready to be healed and alchemized. And just a week ago, 
I finally feel like I tied up the loose ends around this experience. And so we are talking almost six years later. At this point, the trauma feels like it has basically all left my body through lots of purging, reliving, PTSD, dreams, plant medicine ceremonies, screams, back and neck pain. I'm finally feeling lighter and more free from this experience. And so I wanted to share where I'm at in relation to it now before getting into the story of what happened. And know that it is a a unique one for me and it is intimate and it is personal and it is so sacred to me and I am sitting here once again with no script because all I know to be true is that I am still here. I am alive and this life is a gift and I know why I'm still here to share this story, to expand into this next level of who I get to be. And I'm forever grateful for everything that led up to essentially coming face to face with death. Death is something that I have a very interesting relationship with because of the car accident that happened back in 2017 for me. And so just getting into the backstory that led up to this accident, I was finishing my senior year of high school. I had just went through a really kind of big breakup I was in a long-term relationship, like three years of of high school, and my mother and I were not speaking at this time. We had been going through some things. I was about to leave off for college, and I thought college was the escape. I thought it was the way out. I thought by me leaving my hometown, I'd forget about my ex. I wouldn't even have to think about what was happening with my mom. All of my sadness, confusion, anger, resentment would just go away if I left where it all happened at. And so my body was completely out of whack. I had been on my menstrual cycle for almost a month consistently bleeding for almost a month and I knew something was off. I went to my general doctor to get some last minute kind of health things sorted for my for my school for going off to college and I just started to tell her about what was happening and asked if she understood or she knew maybe why this was happening and so she put me into a room to take an assessment 
And this assessment was like a mental health assessment, essentially. And I come out of the room, she reads me the results, and she shares, you're in the beginning stages of depression. And so I encourage you, it was July, summertime, I encourage you to get outside, get in the sun, hang out with friends, move your body. And I didn't even realize how unmotivated I was, dreading waking up, happy that I could just lay in bed and the days could be over, just going through the motions, not feeling any of my feelings related to all of the things that I had just been moving through. And depression was something that scared me because I saw how it affected other women in my life. And so there was no way I was going to let myself get depressed because I did not want to repeat the patterns and the behavior that I saw happened for women that were depressed. And I saw very, very extremes of that growing up. And so I did all the things. I started reaching out to the friends as uncomfortable as it was and as much as I didn't want to. I knew what I didn't want was to like fall off the deep end. Started reaching out to friends, setting up dates to hang out with my girlfriends, moving my body, going to the gym. Like I am an all or nothing type of person. And so as soon as the the doctor was like depression, I was like, no thanks. And started doing all the things. Doing, 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 never sitting with what was present for me, never feeling it, just moving forward, trying to run away from what was actually happening internally. And I remember the day that this accident happened, like it was fucking yesterday. I was waitressing at the time and there are so many synchronicities related to this experience and one of them being the brakes on my car went bad and I was supposed to take a trip to go to a concert with my college roommate. Like this was before we even moved into school. So we were supposed to go to a concert together and my brakes on my car went bad. My dad took it to the shop. I had my best friend drop me off at work that day. And she said, you sure you don't need me to pick you up? And I was like, nope, my dad's going to drop my car off here. He'll bring the keys in. I'll be able to bring myself home. No problem. I, I'll get home. Don't even, you don't have to worry about picking me up. I work my whole shift and I end up getting cut early. I remember begging my manager, like, it's so dead. Can I please go home? Can I please leave? Like, wanting to get out of there. And that weekend, I was heading to a concert to meet up with my college roommate. And my dad drops my keys off and he says, when he comes in with the keys, he leaves my car in the parking lot. He says, when we were dropping, we were on our way here, we saw that your back brake light is out and I don't want you driving two and a half hours to Pennsylvania with a brake light out. So when you get off of work, let me know when you're on your way and we'll go stop at Walmart, which was like literally up the street from from my house. We'll stop at Walmart to get a brake light and we'll change that. I said, okay. So I'm like begging my manager to get out of work. I get out of work and I get in my car. My dad's like, are you, are you done yet? Are you getting out of work yet? Because I'm getting tired. I was like, yes. He goes, okay, I'll wait for you in the drive, in the garage. Well, I drive past the left turn to go into my neighborhood and decided I'm going to get gas tonight and fill my tank, my car tank up so that I don't have to do it early in the morning before I leave for Pennsylvania. And so I continue to drive, 
get down the highway, and it's a left-hand turn into the Wawa. I had my windows down. I was listening to the music, singing, and fully present, driving, no car in sight. And I make a left-hand turn to turn into the gas station, and a car comes speeding down the hill from the other direction, going the opposite way on the highway, and crashes right into the front of my car, causing my car to do a 360 across the side of the highway. Their car goes flying up into the bushes and the sign for, it was a Wawa that I was turning into for gas, flying up into the sign. And all I remember was hearing a big crash and then everything went black. Everything went black. And when I opened my eyes, I saw the smoke from my car in front of me. I was on the opposite side of the highway in my vehicle. And people rushing out of their cars from the Wawa parking lot over to the car that hit me. And all I could do was scream. Scream at the top of my lungs to let someone know that I was inside my car. As the EMTs started to arrive, ambulance, police officers, fire trucks, all the things. They assumed that I did not survive the impact of that crash. I remember the EMTs, once I was taken out of my car, cutting my jeans open to check for any kind of cuts or bruises or injuries or anything. And them saying, I don't know how you survived that. I don't know how you're still here. It's a miracle that I'm even able to do this for you right now. It was as if I was not expected to survive that. That night, I was in the emergency room, and I walked out the same night from that accident. I had bruising on my left knee, cuts, bruises, scrapes on my chest and my hips from my seatbelt. There was a point where I thought my vision was messed up, or maybe I had a concussion or something from the impact because... I couldn't see clearly out of one eye and I later learned that night when I got home that the pressure of the airbag popping out from my steering wheel actually popped my contact lens out of my eye. So no concussion, just really skewed vision because I lost a contact (laughs) from the airbag. Going home that night after six months of not speaking to my mom, I called her, and that was the beginning of reconciling that relationship, recognizing that I almost did not make that, and I was faced with death, essentially, and obviously did not make it to a concert that weekend, and remember thinking about what life would have been like if I just did not make it. 
if I didn't come out of that car accident, if the impact was too hard, if the car flipped completely, why did I survive it? That question came to mind immediately within the night that it happened. But all I knew is that after all of that, I was still home in my bed in like a straight leg cast and some bandages and things, but I was still here in my physical body. And I didn't know if that's what I wanted because of what was happening right before. But everyone around me was telling me to be grateful, was telling me to be happy that I survived. And so that's what I did. I went off to college, happy that I was still alive, never dealt with any of my traumas or my pains or any of those things. And there are an abundance of synchronicities that happened related to that accident. Some of them I will continue to just hold close to my heart, but the questions started to arise from that point moving forward. And when things really started to shift for me was when I met my now partner and we had a conversation about my accident and I told him what I moved through, what happened, this big, big trauma that I at the time had not processed yet. And throughout our relationship, he would ask me, where do you think you went? In the moment that the crash like happened and everything went black and then all of a sudden you opened your eyes and you screamed to get someone's attention to come help you get out of the car because it was smoking where do you think you went for those like few minutes that everything went black unconscious did my soul leave my body i faced death essentially it's an nde a near-death experience And I didn't know the answer to that. What I did know is that there were times I would drive and I was very jumpy on the road, just very like shaky sometimes or hesitant to make certain turns. My car was completely totaled. In fact, when my dad went to the junkyard to, he took me with him to pick up all of the things that were left in my car that the tow truck took my car to a junkyard and when when we got there, the the I stayed in the car because I was on crutches, and the the guy who ran the junkyard said to my dad, "I'm so sorry for your loss." And then proceeded to tell him that people's cars that look like that, whoever was driving it or in it, they don't normally survive. I've seen some pretty bad crashes, he said. And my dad was able to say, "No, she's in the passenger seat in my car. She's actually here with me." What a fucking miracle. For years, since 2017, I've questioned, why did I survive that? Why am I still here? What is the point? I have faced the physical trauma leaving my body in ayahuasca ceremonies, where it was raining at night in the jungles of Costa Rica, And I'm sitting with ayahuasca and the thunder claps, the lightning hits, and all of those sounds mimicked for me in my my plant medicine journey 
the crash of my accident. I relived that pain in my body all over again, multiple times. Anytime someone has to come to an abrupt stop in the car, kind of leaning forward into the seatbelt, I would feel a little inkling of, of the trauma from that experience because it lived so alive within me. And I was able to clear a lot of that through sitting with ayahuasca, getting rid of that jumpiness, the fear of being on the road, the intrusive thoughts while driving on the road, the hyper-awareness to a, a point of paranoia certain hours of the night, certain times, driving. But the question always remained, why am I here? Why did I survive this? There's no way I'm going to live the rest of my life with this fear and this trauma living in my body. And so I cleared a lot of the physical pain that this accident caused in my life during ayahuasca. In a psilocybin journey, I cleared the shadow side of myself that wished I didn't survive the accident, that wished maybe it'd be easier if I just didn't. It was like that was an opportunity for an out and I didn't take it and I couldn't figure out why. Because sometimes being a human is fucking hard. The emotions that come with it, the experiences we move through, sometimes it feels unbearable. And what I know to be true is that I came face to face with the other side. And up until this moment, I did not know what I was face to face with. I didn't know the reason for any of it. I just knew that I had to be grateful that I was still here. And sometimes that that didn't feel true for me. It was like sweep everything under the rug that was happening right before this accident and just be happy you're alive. I wasn't given the permission to feel anything related to what I had happening in my life before the accident. It was just like... That movie stopped and a new one started playing because I was still here. And so that question rang true for so long. I remember sitting in a psilocybin ceremony and and realizing that I hadn't been fully living my life because there was a part of me that wishes I didn't have to do this. There was a part of me that wished I didn't have to do this. It felt like a burden to be in this experience, this human experience. And for so long, I pushed her away and I shoved her in a corner and I didn't want to hear what she had to say because it didn't align with the work I was doing in the world and how I was being perceived and how I should show up and what was expected of me. So there was no way that I could even acknowledge the fact that there was a part of me that wished maybe it just ended all there. And that part of me grew louder and louder the more I questioned why am I here. And if that part of me didn't come forward and I didn't listen to her and I didn't realize that because I I had this fear of living, fully living, because I knew that it could just get taken away at any point, because I almost did for me. 
that I wasn't fully allowing myself to e- embrace all that this human experience has to ha- has to offer. I was holding myself back from from doing certain things, saying certain things, being certain ways, waiting until the right moment to show up a certain way. And that was me neglecting the fact that I actually have so much life to live because there was a part of me that just didn't want it. I was expected to just take it as a gift and be grateful and keep moving forward. And I never gave myself room to feel the feelings related. And so I've sat in many of ceremonies. I've been held in many somatic practices to process the emotions around this incident that happened. And just a week ago, I was given the answer that I had been seeking and praying to receive for six years. I was in a breathwork ceremony or a breathwork session practice in Costa Rica where the breath we were instructed to work with for the 45 minutes that kind of put us into this altered altered state allowed me to connect with a timeline where I actually got to see what happened and where my consciousness went because there's multiple timelines and things happening all at once I was able to access this timeline and this this bit of information that like my soul has known this whole time but my humanness my brain wasn't ready to comprehend it yet and what led to me actually receiving this kind of realization and the answer to to a prayer that I've had for so many years was claiming what I desire to do in this world and speaking to it more specifically than I ever have before. And it is to be a leader and a space holder for women who cannot check just one box whether that's by choice or there's just simply not a box for them to check. Being a multi-racial woman, five plus ethnicities just between my mom and my dad, has created a level of awareness within me that is only accessible to me because of the body that I'm in. Because the lens that I see the world through, being black, white, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, all in one body, there are multiple worlds happening within my one vessel. So during this breathwork session, I was brought to a space to learn That the work that I'm meant to do in this lifetime and the work that my soul is ready to do here on earth can only happen through the body that I'm in now. And if I didn't survive that accident, my soul wouldn't be able to complete 
the mission that it's here to complete on earth. Because it's my body that holds the codes. It's my DNA. It's the connection to all of the cultures that live within me. Growing to understand them better and connect deeper with them. All of that is only possible through existing in this multiracial body. In this mixed body. And the work that I'm meant to do has to happen through this vessel, gets to happen through this vessel. And so being faced with death where my soul would leave this vessel and probably choose another one because this this spirit within me has a lot of shit she wants to get done. A lot of things it wants to get done in this <laughs> on this earthly realm. But the work that's meant to happen next for me can only be done through this body. And being able to own that and express that aloud to a group of women, my mentor, the breathwork facilitator, and then receive confirmation in the actual breathwork practice, connecting with my guides, my spirit team, my ancestors, and being told, we need you in this body because there are codes within the body your soul is existing in. that are going to be what supports your soul in doing the work it has come down to earth to do. And this entire journey of me questioning why I survived that has led me to creating all of the things in which I get to share the lens in which I see the world through. Because I didn't grow up in a very separatism household. I wasn't ever, you're, you're black or you're white. It was always, you're both. You're all of it. And I learned to embrace these parts of myself so early on in life. All parts of myself. I remember getting called down to the office because I checked all the boxes that applied to what ethnicities I was and being told that I wasn't allowed to check that many. So everyone listening to this, if you've never felt like you could just check one box because there's more to you than that as a human being, Let this be your reminder that your soul chose the body it's in and it's not an inconvenience to be in the vessel that you are in. Your soul chose the body it's in because that is the perfect body to fulfill the mission that it's meant to fulfill. The codes within your DNA, the lineages you are connected to, the ethnicities that run through your veins. That specific makeup is what 
will carry you into all that you're actually meant to do in this life. And so this very traumatic experience that happened for me, for me, I feel so clear in how I get to show up, who I get to lead, what I get to share moving forward. Because no one is meant to just check one fucking box. The boxes were created to separate us. And as a woman who comes from a family who did not believe in that shit, not one bit, and chose love instead and unity instead, I can sit here in a clear knowing of this body and this vessel that I am speaking to you through is the exact one that I am meant to be in and that is why I survived. That is why I made it out on the other side of that experience and through my deep commitment to healing, to walking the medicine path, to conquering and transmuting my biggest fears, I've been able to receive that answer. And so wherever you are at in your journey and whatever your prayer is for the thing that you are seeking, the answer you are seeking, six years later, my human body and my brain was ready to actually comprehend what my soul has known this entire time. It is never too late to understand why your soul synthesized into the body it's in now. The entire name of this podcast has grown to have even deeper meaning for me. Your soul synthesized into the body that you are in now to have a specific human experience. And your journey of growing to know that is you emerging And that is the exact journey that I have been on. And I can sit here and speak into this mic and share with you that I now know. And I will stop at absolutely nothing for every other human to know. This is not a journey that I am meant to walk alone. And so, if in any way this episode has touched your heart, if you are feeling inspired or just deeply connected to me and my story. I ask that you share this episode. Not just to create the ripple effect and pass it along, but to just say, I hear you, sister. To acknowledge that you've received the activations and are catching my drift, my vibe of where I'm heading. If you feel the power and the potency behind it, I invite you to screenshot this episode, put it to your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm ready. I am open to having a conversation around the importance 
and the power that comes with being a woman who can't just check one box, who doesn't just fit into one category. Because I'm owning it. I've been embracing it. And I'm ready to lead and to guide you in finding your unique reason that your soul chose to synthesize into the body you are currently soaking in this episode through. Thank you so much for listening to me share the most sacred story, a journey I have been on for years, uncovering the layers and the pieces of, and to be on the other side in clarity and true knowing, grounded in my body, grateful for this vessel. Thank you for being here, for witnessing me in this. Please feel free to send me a message over on Instagram at Kayla Bruton if this conversation resonated with you. I see you and I honor exactly where you are at in your journey. Talk to you on the next episode.